Welcome to Consensus Conversations 2022, the wrap up. Hi, I'm Michelle Musso, producer here at Coindesk. And I have with me our very own features and opinion managing editor, Ben Schiller, chief insight columnist, David Z. Morris, and deputy editor in chief, Zach Seward. Hi guys, how's it going? Hello. Good. Hey. hey. <laughs> now it's a total week after consensus. On your world, kind of regrouping. But uh, how do you feel looking back now? Now we're not in all the craziness and the excitement. What's the good and the bad? I can start off there. I mean, I thought it was a tremendous conference, probably the best ever conference in crypto I've ever been to. And I'm not just saying that because it was our conference. <laughs> 20,000 people there was such a rich variety of topics and subject matters. And we had a lot of great music and we had a lot of diverse uh, people. So that was really encouraging. Uh, I think there is a kind of interesting kind of lag between what was going on in consensus and the kind of reality of the market today that we're maybe mm-hmm. going to touch on in a minute. But it was kind of noticeable that the kind of sponsorship dollars and all the kind of energy that people have put into the conference was maybe six months ago. So there was maybe a bit of a lag time in terms of, you know, the, that difference between the market and, you know, the show floor. So it was kind of an interesting contrast. Yeah. And then obviously things went further south immediately after the end of the conference, which we'll talk yeah. about more in a bit. I had an amazing time. I think that uh, for me, it was personally, it was the first time I, I reflected on it. It was the first time I had been that involved with the actual organization of a conference at that scale. So I was just like so busy that I really only saw the things that I was actually doing. So, so that, was a, that was a new experience for me, but it was obviously incredible. And uh, I, I, I do hope given what's going on right now that we can do something similar next year. We'll see. <laughs> Yeah, man. It was also long ago. It feels like oh, at least a couple of weeks. Cause yeah, I mean, we were at the, we were at the staff rap party when Celsius was pausing withdrawals and people were sort of like, Oh, we better file on this. And someone yeah. ducked out onto their phone and banged out a story that the mothership back home got out that very night. So uh, that kind of kicked off a whole new level of the bear market experience. And it has yeah. been pretty wild since then. But all in all, I thought consensus this year was a highly successful mission. Just again, as Ben mentioned, 20,000 folks from all corners of the crypto world and physical world, to be honest, kind of convening uh, and talking about the present moment in this industry. And I thought most of those conversations were productive. Some were entertaining, some were funny. All in all, I thought it was a very full and rich experience. Yeah. And I think I wrote about this, talked Zach, about the people outside the crypto world. And, and that was kind of the most amazing part for me was at one point I was like on my way somewhere, I had like five minutes extra and just literally stuck my head into a random conference room. Um, and it was the panel with Francis Haugen, the Facebook whistleblower, not really any material connection to crypto, except for her shared concern with some of the issues that are, are being tried to, that the space is trying to address. Um, and there were tons of other people like that. I mean, it, it is really becoming the case that crypto, even for people who you know maybe are not that well-versed in the technology itself, it's becoming a, a, an attractor for people who share certain values and ideas and, and at least want to try and push things forward and improve them. Um, and, and I think that that's in some ways the most exciting thing um, about the conference is, is that it, it is growing beyond crypto in, in a really meaningful way. I totally agree with that. I think that was a takeaway for me as well. It's like, it's not just a bunch of bros getting together in a ballroom in, in the Hilton in 6th Avenue. It's really a, a kind of generational shift that we're seeing here. And it's a broad-based movement. And it's not just about money, it's about culture. And it's about all these other sort of important conversations about the future of the internet and finance and, and, and even politics and other things like that. So 
definite sort of generational shift. I think we saw this year's consensus. That being said, it is still sort of about the coins. So what do we make of the fact that like immediately after this major conference, obviously there were some structural factors, but things started falling off a cliff. And I think there might be some historical precedent for that, for things slumping after consensus. I don't know if we have any theories about that, but I, I find it interesting. I was going to take the opposite tack on that one. Historically, there was the consensus bump back in yeah. those quainter times of the crypto mm. world. And the consensus bump was certainly not felt this time around, quite the yeah. opposite, actually. So I guess this is a sign of maturation, right? 20,000 people being hype about uh, a sector isn't going to move the prices positively in the face of stiff macroeconomic conditions that are highly disfavorable to risky assets such yep, as those yep. found in the world of cryptocurrency. So, hey, people wanted maturation. This is maturation. But the pain of the bear cycle quickly sort of reared its ugly head right after this thing wrapped. And I think the timing was crazy. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I guess maybe I was specifically thinking about 2018 where things were already bad and then did get considerably worse immediately after consensus. But yeah, longer term, we, we have been a uh, bull market generator. 2018 was the famous one. That was like the crazy one where Arthur Hayes rolled up with the rented Lambo out in Manhattan and oh, it right. was full Bacchanalia mode uh, at that consensus, yeah. I believe. I was not there in person. 2019 was my only other in-person consensus, but the stories from 2018 are definitely out there. Yeah, yeah I was there. It was mostly annoying. <laughs> but... <laughs> so, I mean, it's kind of an interesting challenge to think about 2023 and how we should organize it um, you know, next year in, in April, because uh, who knows where the market's going to be then? I mean, it could be yeah. really in the toilet by then, or it might be back up again. Yeah, I mean, the thing about building in the winter is real. And I think obviously, you know, consensus is here for the long run. We've been here through heady times and in leaner cycles. And I think those leaner cycles are befitting of people who are looking to build that next thing for the next cycle. So I would imagine that conferences, especially consensus, are going to have to reorient a little bit toward that audience rather than the folks who have been lured in by these high prices and are excited and exuberant. Instead, it kind of becomes less of the tourist class and more of that builder class who is looking to find that next killer app that levels up the sector to its next incarnation. But hey, who knows? It should be interesting to see what the 2023 vibe is about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I will say, I think one of the things I liked about the conference this year is that it struck a nice balance between those two, despite the fact that, you know, we are sort of still in the hangover of a crazy bull market. I think things were quite substantive. Coindesk has at least for the past few years, done a, a really good job of, of trying to s- sort of discriminate between the different flavors of things and stay focused on, uh, on real innovation and, and skeptical of people who are pushing things too far. And hopefully that sets us up to, to really be a conference that is for builders next year, regardless of, of the macro conditions. I mean, it's a conference for everybody, right? I mean, it's not, yeah. we're not discriminating against any group. That's what makes it different from... <laughs> well, you know, to each their own. I have some discriminatory attitudes towards people with certain ideas, but uh, that's okay. We provide a platform for them to express these silly ideas, even if we think they're silly. <laughs> true, true. I mean, I won't name anybody, but in the spirit of transparency, we also, we have people there with booths doing whatever they care to. And I, I lost my hat. And it's very hot in Austin. So I really needed a hat. And I saw a booth where somebody was giving away hats. And I'm like, I'm going to take one of these hats. So tell me about what your product is. And it's a credit card that gives rewards in its native token. And I did not make any comment and uh, just took the hat and, and, and kept walking. 
when in need, a hundred degrees, that's uh that that's that's a that's a sacrifice to be made. But yeah, I think it is interesting, right? It's the gathering of all the crypto tribes. It's not just the Bitcoin conference, it's not just the Ethereum conference. And it does make for some interesting juxtapositions when you put all the same folks in this massive venue. The venue itself was physically striking, I will say, this year. The yeah. Austin Convention Center is crazy huge. It's like a giant, I don't know. It was like two football fields. It was huge. It was huge. It was tall. And we filled the space. It was crazy. We filled the space. The main stage was impressive. There was many people during those main stage sessions, whether it was my amazing one with two chains, which I had a really fun time. I was going to say. Or, you know, other luminaries in the crypto world. That was definitely a very lively uh, portion of the event. And, you know, shout out to the, you know, the regulatory conversation actually played out there in full, right? We had sitting senators in that room talking about some of the bills that had been submitted in the preceding weeks. You know, we're talking about Kirsten Gillibrand. We're talking about Cynthia Lummis. And that was uh, capably moderated by our colleague, Jesse Hamilton, talking about the latest from DC scene. So it really did have it all from the moon boys to the sitting senators. That is yeah. a rare feat to be able to accomplish. So hats off to the team that actually programmed it. Mm-hmm. We were just there trying to find stories and sound smart on stage. Yeah, thought, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I was so impressed by the logistics work done. I thought Mark uh, Hogstein's uh, interview with Edward Snowden was a highlight. Unfortunately, I missed that. Actually, this is something to discuss. Does anybody know what we will have in terms of availability for people to view the streams or clips or other stuff after the fact? I saw a little something about this. We're reserving it for ticket holders for 30 days, I believe. So if you were among the folks who shelled out hard-earned dollars to be there, you get access to the videos and you alone will have access to them for the next month or so. I think I saw that in one of our Slack channels today, but I think that's what's happening before they're widely distributed uh, to a broader audience. And, you know, worth saying, I don't know if this is going to work retroactively, so try it out. But if you really want those, the online tickets were only $99 the first time around. So maybe we can work something out. (laughs) That'd be like the, uh, it's like the day old croissants at the bakery where you get a half off, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Revenue stream. Got to diversify. There you go. All right, what I got else, some guys? socks at Consensus. Got I got socks. socks. Oh, they yeah. came in handy when I was flying back. Let me tell you, because when you take your shoes off at the airport, I had some really nice socks. One of those boots. You got a hat? I got some socks. So Yeah. What about desk? And desk. Oh, oh desk. desk. Yeah. Desk. <laughs> desk was a bit of a disappointment for me, guys. I'm not going to lie. I was able to successfully claim my desk, but when I went to go buy a brisket sandwich at the little food court, they were like, no, you have to go all the way over there and get like a coupon to redeem here at the point of sale. I wanted to just whip out my Mm. MetaMask wallet, buy it at the point of sale. But alas, that was not fully supported. I used my desk right there. I got that brisket sandwich. Yes. Oh, what? Maybe by the time I got there, they already went through many of of your situation there, Zach, because- I was I able have, to hand him my coin and took my brisket and I went. I may have just got rugged. Good. I'm sorry. I may yeah. have just gotten rugged and, you and got, had, had to use some dirty, dirty fiat to buy that delicious. You got glazed. Right. You got glazed. Uh... Bummer. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> Huge bummer. Don't know what it means. I wasn't even sauced at the time. So. Yeah, you weren't sauced. <laughs> I was not. Oh, no. no. But I will say, you know, that, that just shows that in, in addition to providing the programming, we are, I think, getting more and more aggressive as years go by about dog fooding, about, you know, using this stuff and trying to create it in a way that is, is, uh, you know, interesting and actually creates value. And um, I think there's been a lot of talk for a long time about like participatory tokens and, and things like that um, being a, a good application. And it certainly seems to, 
you know, if, even if there are some hiccups on the functional side, the, the interest remained, I think, astronomical. I looked at that help desk and there were just swarms of people looking to figure it out. And um, not only that, but we had people trying to steal our value list proprietary. <laughs> That's token. what I hear. Oh, yeah, what I what was the that. deal with that? The one thing that I know of that I can remember is apparently we, I mean, we had QR codes around for people who were trying to claim and some of them were actual posters. And apparently people were pasting stickers of different QR codes over the posters to like get people to, to click and I guess perhaps go to something that would compromise their wallets, which is, I'm not a big fan of QR codes for that reason, but we're, we're working on it. <laughs> we're, we're working out the kinks. That was one of them. That is both highly flattering and highly scary, but it goes to show tokens will make people do crazy things, even when they're worthless and only is good odd. for on-site food and beverage. <laughs> Pretty crazy. Yeah. This token isn't just for consensus though, is it? I mean, it's going to be integrated into CoinDesk more widely. I'm not We're sure. talking about it. Yeah, I think that's still TBD right now, but that'd be cool. I mean, historically, the first iteration of Desk was from the virtual consensuses, and they were a way to incentivize audience engagement, right? So, you know, you tuned in, you learned a thing, and you said the thing that was said early in the session, you get some Desk. Now you get some Desk. And it was a cool way to sort of, uh, again, juice incentive in a way that didn't feel too icky. So I liked that as a tool that we had when we were doing the virtual ones. And if that was something that stuck with us in some form for our sort of regular content operations, that might be pretty cool. But I think it's still a bit TBD. I like the idea of fan fiction. So if David was to write a take on the news today, uh, we get our readers to give their own versions of that take and then they would be rewarded in, in tokens. Mm. Well, there's well also one version of that is the comment thing. Like Mark, uh, our editor, Mark Hoxstein, and I think it's a good idea whether we have the resources to implement it or not remains to be seen, but we'll, we would love to have that be a way to moderate comments, um, to have maybe some kind of staking involved for you to yeah. be able to make a comment on the website. And then you have to make a good comment that people are not going to downvote or whatever. So that's, that's one thought that's on the horizon. But Sounds like steam it. Overall, looking forward to next year, I think we'll be more prepared for that that big venue. I won't get lost my first day. And uh, yeah. it will be, <laughs> be really exciting to see everyone in the creative minds that come together for Consensus 2023. In April this year. Maybe yes, right. yes, it won't be as hot. hot. Yeah. <laughs> it won't be as hot. We will yeah. be melting on our way to the convention center. Yeah, It'll well, be that's... great. Get more barbecue and yeah. tacos. And tacos. Sounds great. Well, I think that's a wrap, guys. I really appreciate you taking the time to give us a recap. This has been Consensus Conversations 2022 with Ben Schiller, David Z. Morris, Zach Seward, and I'm Michelle Musso. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye. Thanks so much, Michelle. You got it. Thanks. Thanks.